Welcome to She Inspires Me. I'm your host, Caroline Bruni, founder of She Inspires Me and Organize Curate Design. Launched as a Facebook passion project back in 2017, She Inspires Me was reborn as a podcast in 2020 to highlight the incredible women we all encounter in our everyday lives. Thanks to our key sponsor, Organize Curate Design, I welcome you to season two, another year of sharing the stories of inspirational women. Welcome to another episode of She Inspires Me. Today I have with me Sharon Green. Sharon, it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Now we have just had a giggle about the fact that we don't use any of the video. Um, so I am in my usual little spot in a wardrobe in the spare room of my house. Um, and we were talking and I was like, don't worry, you could totally be in your pajamas. It wouldn't matter. Because <laughs> this is an audio medium, which I love. Now, so we can jump in and learn a little bit about you and share a little bit more with our listeners. I will read your bio. So Sharon is the founding editor of She Defined, a digital lifestyle publication for smart, savvy women who are in search of more. Forever in search of a publication, she um, confronted the real that confronted the real issues faced by modern women. Sharon decided to create her own and launch. She defined in two thousand and seventeen. Prior to starting her own publication, Sharon worked as a journalist and editor for more than a decade, starting out in print before moving into digital media. Sharon's writing has appeared in numerous leading newspapers, magazines, and websites, including The Age, Herald Sun, Leader Newspapers, Geelong Advertiser, Bride Magazine, Fashion Journal, Delicious, and many more. When she was 12, Sharon and her family migrated from South Africa to Australia and has made and she has made Melbourne her home for almost 23 years. Navigating a new life in Australia as a young migrant has given Sharon a natural curiosity about the world. And she has since developed a keen interest for travel. This interest led to an opportunity to live in London in the UK um, in 2011 and 12, where she worked as a journalist at various media companies. Sharon's other interests include reading. She's always on the hunt for the next good read. Reformer Pilates and sustainable living. I love that balance of like a little bit of reading, a little bit of making sure the world is in its place and everyone is doing good. <laughs> I don't know if that's um, um, a reflection of my star sign, but I'm a Libra. So I think my whole MO in life is trying to uh, do the balancing act. <laughs> so I'm always it is. trying to combine a bit of everything and get, and get that really sweet medium, you know, sweet uh, medium. And how, did, how does that go for you? Because balance is tricky. It is. It is. Um, I don't always master it, I'll be honest, um, but I try. I try. <laughs> so you shared with us in your um, in your bio that you um, are an immigrant to Australia. Um, and I, you know, I don't, funnily enough, even though I am from Mauritius, which is an island near South Africa, yeah. I don't actually know a lot about South Africa. Um, but how do you feel that being an immigrant to Australia or specifically being from South Africa has impacted your life and your passion for journalism? Yeah, so migrating has impacted my life enormously. Um, from a very young age, I have had to learn how to deal with being separated from my homeland um, and making a life in a new country. 
Um, it's also taught me a lot about assimilating and being resilient. Um, I've always been aware from a very young age of the world around me. Um, and I have always aspired to have a worldview rather be than being stuck in the bubble that I live in, which I think mm. is really tricky when you're living in an island nation like Australia that does feel quite separate to the rest of the world. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, um, you know, I think that was actually quite tricky for me to navigate uh, in the early years of migrating because this was before the internet was so prevalent. Um, I couldn't have easy access to global news and events like we do today. Um, mm. And I often remember, um, I have memories as a teenager of being often feeling frustrated with the lack of international news coverage shared in the Australian media, particularly about yeah. Africa. Yeah. And I always had to work really hard to find pieces of news that connected me back to my home country. And I suppose mm. that kind of sparked uh, my curiosity in the world and my interest in research and news gathering. And I'm sure that has influenced my journey in becoming a journalist to some degree. I can't see how it yeah. wouldn't have. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I've never thought about it from that perspective. Um, I immigrated to Australia when I was quite young, um, a lot younger than 12. And so that wasn't really on my radar. And I think for me, I was so desperate to fit in um, I didn't even speak English. Like I barely spoke any English when I moved to Australia, which is now with my Aussie accent, you wouldn't even know. But um, we, uh, I think it's really interesting to hear that experience of wanting to connect and wanting to just know that everything was okay or just to keep up to date with what was happening, not only in the world, but specifically your home country. And do you still call it your home country? How is it now that you've lived the majority of your life in Australia? Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question. I, I think I have a tough time defining what home means, um, mm. like in a general sense, um, mm. because I don't necessarily define it as purely the place that I'm living in at any given time. It's, um, I think for me it's definitely a huge part of like what do I have an emotional connection to and um, how do I identify Mm. Um, so yeah. I think for me, that's how I define what home is. And that has really changed over the years for me. Um, I find Australia to be home in the sense that I have built a life here. I've put roots down here. Um, I grew up here. I did like all of my high school and university education here, which is such formative years of your life, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I have a lot of grounding here as well. Um, but there are some aspects about living here that don't, still don't, after 20-plus years, feel that familiar to me, which I know must sound crazy to, to people who've never no, gone through this. Not at all. But yep. there's always a little piece of me when I'm travelling around the world kind of going, is this a place I might consider to be home? Like I'm always looking at places with open eyes and going, could I live here? Do I connect with mm -hmm. it? That kind yeah. of thing. Um and a really interesting thing that has happened um, in my journey going to the UK, so I did a stint in the UK for about a year and a half um, in 2011, 2012, um, and lived and worked over there. And what happened while I was there was I had the opportunity for the first time in my life really to connect with a South African community outside of South Africa. 
And I never really had those opportunities in Melbourne because there were just so few migrants from South Africa here and also very hard to find them. We didn't sort of have like the Facebook groups that you have now where you can (laughs) South Africans in Melbourne or whatever. (laughs) Um, So they were always very hard to find. And then they would probably be, be very similar to me in that they've grown up here and they've absorbed the local accent. And so you wouldn't be able to know on the surface yeah. um, if they're from Until they there. said that one word or that yeah. one phrase and you're like, wait, someone yeah. taught you that. <laughs> yeah. And so this really weird thing that has happened for me over the years is that London has almost become like a second home for me because mm. it offers such a strong connection to my South African culture and identity and community. Um and I also have some British ancestry, so there's probably like a little bit of that cultural side of things kind of allowing me to connect with there as well. But um, I never imagined, uh, you know, my stint abroad in London. I mean, how many Aussies go to London every year to to have that experience? Um, but I just never imagined that experience would connect me to my past and, you know, what I identify with on such a strong level. Yeah. No, that's so interesting. And it is, it's, I think when I hear the word home, it's, yes, it's physical and it's where you live and whatever else, but it's such an, I I find it to be a real emotion. It's a feeling of just being comfortable and feeling accepted and feeling safe. And um, I was having a conversation with someone recently and uh, we were just talking about like the transition of working through something difficult and then when you feel like you're you're there and she was trying to describe it and I said oh it feels like coming home and she's like that's exactly what it feels like and and even to phrase that as an emotion as a as a feeling um and it is funny when people move around um where where home feels like and sometimes it is it's where you grew up or it was where you were born and and I think it's just where those roots are really deeply embedded and connected Mm. so that's just fascinating now you sound like you've been a storyteller for a really long time um you sound like you've or even just having that that thought process at you know 12 or 13 or as a young teen young adult to really want to know what was happening in the world so where does that translate from wanting information as a, uh, and how does that move to then becoming a storyteller? And um, was that something that you just harnessed and grew over the years or something you feel like you've had forever? Yeah, it's interesting. I've never really thought about the storytelling element of my career and, and what I do professionally as something that has derived from my experience as a migrant. But I think you you point out something really interesting there that it's it's probably led to me having a natural curiosity about the world and a life experience for that matter. Um, but I never knew that, you know, I wanted to be a journalist one day. It was never like that clear cut for me. Um, I think I always had a natural inclination for the kinds of skills and interests that are required to be a journalist. And I was certainly always interested in media. You know, I've been an avid consumer of books and magazines and newspapers for as long as I can remember. So I was always naturally drawn to it, um, to the medium. And I think in terms of being a storyteller, 
I think that's something that I have nurtured over the years um, spanning my journalism career. So I think those storytelling skills have definitely evolved from simply reporting facts and figures in my early days working at newspapers to more of a feature style of writing now uh, where I can take more time to get to the heart of a story and really take the reader with me on the journey to get there. Um, So I think I've certainly had the opportunity to explore more long-form journalism and feature writing um, and really find my own storytelling style since I've been working on She Defined um, because we kind of lean more in that direction. Um, And a huge part of what we do is that sort of long-form feature writing style of journalism so that we can really get to the heart of the story. We're not really interested in like shallow, you know, quick fire stories. We certainly have those in our mix of content, but for our big mm. meaty stories, we we really want to get to the heart of the how and the why and, you know, kind of share that. So I think, yeah, I think my storytelling has evolved over the years um, and definitely been shaped by my life experiences and my work experiences. Um but it's definitely something that I think has kind of organically grown rather than just been something that's always been there, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think even if it had been there from the beginning and and that curiosity was definitely there from the beginning, um, what we know to be true is that time just changes anything. So time and practice um, in any skill, in any craft that we have over time with consistent practice and, and you have consistently practised your craft of um, storytelling and, and being a, um, a writer for such a long time now. I'm really curious to hear about, you know, you've worked with some pretty well-known publications. I'm really curious to hear if there is like a standout I made it memorable moment of a a piece you got to write or someone you got to interview or, or just something that maybe shaped where you are today and, and why you've chosen to go down the path of having your own publication. Yeah. 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 Look, I have, I've worked for some really great uh, well-known publications throughout my, my career, which I've been really grateful for. I've learned so many different things from each different publication that I've worked for Um, But I think that I've, one thing that I've really had the privilege of is truly understanding and experiencing how journalism can impact a person or a local community um, through the act of giving them a voice, um, which by extension is through storytelling. Um, So one example is uh, when I worked at Leader Newspapers, I worked on an editorial campaign that advocated for a small school that lacked good facilities and I helped them to win more than $750,000 in government funding. That for me felt like a project that was really worthwhile working on and it really just showed me the impact of what journalism can do for a community. It involved months and months of work and advocating and attending meetings with politicians and school committees and other officials. Um, But I think what it really taught me a lot about was working on a story that can lead to a bigger outcome, you know, and really have an impact. 
Um, but one thing I think I'm most proud of is the work I'm currently doing with She Defined, I think because I'm so closely connected to it, um, because it has allowed me to, you know, speak with and work with so many different women from different backgrounds um, and giving them a platform to have a voice. Um, that's something I'm hugely passionate about. Um, one thing I always recall when, when I'm sort of asked this question is an interview with uh, Julia Gillard where she was talking about the representation of women in the media and how underrepresented women are in the media. Um, so analysis commissioned by the Global Institute for Women's Leadership, which uh, Julia Gillard's involved with, found that mm. 77% of people quoted as experts in online news articles in mainstream media outlets in the UK were men. And I haven't managed to find anything more recent than a 2013 Women in Media report by the Women's Leadership Institute Australia that found female sources only accounted for 20% of all news commentary in Australia's major metro and national newspapers. And, you know, when I heard those stats, I immediately thought, we've got to do better. We've got to do yeah. better to represent women and give women a voice. Um, and that's exactly what we're on a mission to do at She Defined. So we don't only publish stories that are women-centric, but myself and my team of writers follow uh, an editorial guideline where we prioritise interviewing women for our articles and we do our utmost to quote women as experts in our articles um, so only when we cannot find a woman who is suitable to speak about a topic do we then defer to interviewing a man. And the reason for that is because I want to see those stats change and I really hope that She Define can be a publication that can contribute to that change. Hmm. Wow. I kind of <laughs> as you were saying that because I got really angry when you said the 77%, like I could feel myself. I know, going, I know, the anger bubbles inside. Um, yeah, I know, and then you kept talking. I was like, it, just wait, she's going to say something good. It's fine. Just <laughs> hold, hold your horses, Caroline. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of being featured um, on She Defined through Organised Curate Design and um, and uh, during International Women's Day as well um, to contribute my thoughts and my expertise in the space. And it is it's such a pleasure to um, to contribute to a, an online publication that I know is by women for women. Um, it's that in itself is incredibly humbling because I, um, you know, it's something that I really pride myself on and and it's all well and good to be an expert in your space. But if no one wants to hear what you have to say because you don't get any opportunities to share your expertise, it can be incredibly frustrating. So um, it's great to hear that you are chipping away at those stats and, um, you know, hopefully we see another study um, or some more data released and we see a shift in that because we know that, I've said it on this podcast so many times, you can't be what you can't see and you can't make change if there isn't someone there. Like, you know, and sometimes you've just got to go to, got to go out on your own and um, even when you feel like you are literally the only one, um, but platforms like um, publications and platforms like yours are, are definitely making things a lot easier for women out there. So you've shared with us a little bit about kind of the driving force behind the venture of She Defined and um, what was it like 
when you actually decided to take the leap of faith? Like there's what it's one thing to work for a publication and to know that this is a an issue and you want to make change, but registering a business and reaching out to people and, and actually starting to do the thing, um, what was that experience like for you? Um, mostly I found it exciting, to be honest, and I just couldn't wait to get started. And if anything, I'd wish I'd started earlier. Um, the amount of time you spend thinking and planning and hoping and wishing and really it just comes down to just start. Um, and so the idea for the publication was something I had in mind for many years before I actually started it. Um, and then when I actually got serious about, okay, this is something I want to do, it was probably a good year to a year and a half of kind of like this background planning and preparation before it actually launched. And things always take so much longer than you could ever imagine. So you're like, oh, it's I just need a basic website. And then the website takes six months longer, 12 months <laughs> longer than, than you can imagine. Um, so um, for me, I was just excited to get it started. I knew that um, it would start very small and organically grow. Um, and I knew that it was important to just get the wheels turning rather than thinking, oh, I have to launch at this huge scale um, and only then will it be okay to launch. Um, so we kind of adopted um, that that concept of a minimum viable product. Let's just launch with a basic website, get it going, and then we can learn things like, you know, what kind of stories do our readers even like reading before we think we've got that set in stone? Um, and even though I had such a great idea of the kinds of stories I wanted to cover, the very interesting thing that has happened over the past three and a half years since running it is the direction in which some of those stories have gone has changed to what my original idea for them has been because of the way that readers have reacted to it. Um, mm. And it's just very interesting uh, when you've got access to data like that can show this sort of stuff for a digital platform that you just had no visibility of when working in print is that you can see the kinds of things that people want to read because they keep coming back to those stories, they keep finding them and they're actively seeking them out through search engines and um, that is something I find really fascinating about uh, working in the digital space is that you can have that um, connection to your audience in a way that just was never possible before. So not yeah, only definitely. can you connect with them, but you can also then create the kind of content that you know that they want to read. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Um, it does, in terms definitely. Of how I got started. I mean, yes, we've got this overarching goal of we want to have a platform to give women a voice and I want to try and change that uh, stat of how women are represented in media. Um, mm. But that's all kind of, um, it, sets, it sets the foundation of what we want to be achieving, but it's a long way to kind of get there, I suppose. Um, little steps at a time, I guess, <laughs> is how we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think launching anything, let alone a, a publication where you've got multiple people writing and, and you need to seek out um, people to contribute and experts and whatever else. It's, it's a, there's a lot of moving pieces there. So um, it's amazing uh, what you and the team have achieved so far. 
Now, for anyone who may not have um, read or been aware of She Defined, um, how do we access? Is it all on the website? Um, I know that you send a, an email, like a weekly or a, a regular newsletter. So what's the best way of connecting it? And you shared a little bit before about you know, those really meaty pieces and then a few kind of lighter, smaller pieces. So what, what would someone, how would someone find She Defined and then what would they kind of come across if, if they did stumble across the website? Yeah, so the best place to start is by visiting the website, which you can find at shedefined.com.au. Um, all of our stories are housed there. Um, we've got, you know, our navigation for our sections, our different topics that we cover. We cover everything from career to food to travel to well-being. Um, there's such a great mix there. We also have um, a lot of profiles and interview pieces with women um, and one of our great series that um, we interviewed you for uh, is our Women in Business series, um, which has become really popular. So I think, again, that kind of goes back to the um, you can't be what you can't see. I think our readers mm. have really enjoyed seeing and listening to uh, women's stories about how they have gotten started in running a business and the lessons that they've learnt along the way. So that's become a fixed series Um on the publication uh, since we've started, actually, and it's just kind of growing organically. And it's it's really nice to see something like that taking off. Um, and, yeah, as I mentioned before, we do try and do that sort of um, longer form feature style where, you know, the stories are quite hearty. We really deep dive into the why and the hows of our stories. Um, and I want I do that because I want our readers to get some value out of the stuff that they read. Um, I want them to walk away having learned something new or feeling like they've been able to connect with the stories of other women um, and also to not feel so alone in their struggles. A lot of our stories do, do look at the full gamut of, of someone's journey, uh, whether that's through starting a business or um, suffering a disease or whatnot, we we kind of look at like what was the struggle, how was that, and how have you overcome it, or how are you working through it? It's realistic, um, and it, it kind of looks at all facets of it. Um, mm. But yeah, so some of those um, hearty pieces, I suppose, if you want um, some examples. Um, They've got to be topics, we centre a lot around topics that modern women can relate to. So, so some examples just off the top of my head um, include stories about, you know, what does it mean to feel undecided about having children or what is it like to live with a condition like endometriosis? Um, what is it like forging a career as a woman working in a male-dominated industry? Um, so mm. these are the sorts of topics um, that that we cover. We've also got things... Um, so some topics that have become uh, really popular in recent times is um, things like how do women retain independence while being in a relationship? Um, mm -hmm. I think that's definitely um, a byproduct of living in the modern world where women do have more choices and access to more independence, but how do you balance that with still being in a relationship? Um, another growing section for us is um, topics around money, so tips for making money and managing money, which I think our generation of women is probably the first to really talk about this in a serious way. Um, and then, of course, we cover a huge range of angles um, on gender equality, which is kind of at the core of everything that we do. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, a lot of these topics are the kinds of topics that, that women of our generation are facing for the first time. And so I think it's really important to acknowledge them and to share knowledge and guidance um, on these topics so that we can all help each other to feel more empowered. Yeah. And just to have a community that you know are uh, sharing information and with the purpose of making sure that information is clear. I've seen how you put together your articles and I actually found the recent piece regarding choosing not to have children um, to be really enlightening for me. Um, I had children when I was really young, um, so I had my first son before I turned 22 and that in itself is rare and that's a whole nother experience that I could probably write on um, being a young, young mum and how that in itself is is very outside of the norm. Um, But I, because I have been a mother for 16 years, I don't know what the, the experience of being a woman, an adult woman is like without being a mother and um, because I've been a mum nearly all of my adult life and reading the article and getting a further insight of what, um, you know, what choices women have to make but also some of the really frustrating um, conversations they're having, some of the discrimination they're receiving, um, just how it's all playing out. That was so informative to me and it's little things like that, um, that will come across my desk when I receive your emails um, from your newsletter and I think, oh, I hadn't thought about that and it's so great to just hear that firsthand from from women, as you said, from our, in our generation of our time um, who are out there sharing their stories and, and information is power. We can do better when we know better and we can better support each other um, as a sisterhood if we know kind of what everyone else is experiencing in their own way. So. Yeah, I'm so glad you've made that point about being someone who is a mother but then reading about a story that's about a totally different experience from your own but finding it fascinating and Mm. being intrigued by it. I think that's so important um, purely just in living in today's world and, as you say, having connection to other women and supporting each other. And if we understand our different experiences a lot better, I think we have more compassion for each Mm. other and we can also understand a little bit better about how to support each other through those different life experiences as well Um, which I think is so important because it's much better to have some compassion around things than to be feeling like you're left totally in the dark and having to navigate it all on your own Um, and with the child-free topics that we do cover um, I get so many um, private messages rather than public comments that come through mm. on those stories. So there is still a little bit of stigma around um, discussing it in a very private way. But usually the feedback is, thank you so much for sharing that perspective. I'd never thought about it in that way. Or thank you for talking about this because now I feel less alone because I feel exactly like this. And, yeah. you know, that's that's kind of what makes what we do so worthwhile. Um, mm. And if, if we can make just one more person feel less alone um, in their journey, isn't that such a great thing to be able to do? Yeah. 
And it goes back to what we were saying before. You can't be what you can't see. So if all you ever see as a woman is that the model is you, you know, you go to school and, um, you know, you choose whatever career path and you, you, like, and I'm talking heterosexual, so please excuse the fact that I'm using one particular pathway. I'm using my own pathway. Um, you know, you, you find a partner, you get married, you have children, um, you know, tick, 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 the very stock standard heterosexual pathway that we have and we have seen it play out and we have seen it modelled to us time and time again. But if we never see another version of that, be it um, that's non-heterosexual or be it that is without children or without marriage or without X, Y, Z, um, then it is, it's like it feels really isolating and so that is so great to hear that you have had women reach out and say I find like I feel seen and once again you can be something if you can see something and you can not feel so alone which is amazing now I'm sure you're always writing and you're always on the hunt for another story and um, you know we're in a very uh, difficult and interesting climate here in Australia at the moment when it comes to women I don't think we're ever not in an interesting climate when it comes to women unfortunately but at the moment, there's a lot going on. Um, but re- regardless of what's going on in, in the kind of general news, is there anything exciting on the horizon for She Defined, anything that you're working on, or anything you can share with us? You might not be able to share with us yet, but let us know. Um, yeah. So, yes, we're always working on uh, more stories. That's kind of a never-ending job, I suppose. But I guess for the foreseeable future, um, my focus really is on growing She Defined as a publication and as a brand. Um, I really want to expand uh, the amount of readers that we can reach every month. Um, and so we've reached a point now where we have refined our content production, we understand our audience, you know, who they are and what they want to read. And so now it's about growing that readership and also expanding our monetization stream so that the business can not only be self-sustainable, but allow us to do more in terms of our journalism and advocating for women. So one project that we are currently working on um, is the She Defined Shop. So that's our e-commerce platform that we recently launched. Um, And we have a branded notebook available for sale as our first product. And so sales of that notebook will be reinvested into the business to allow us to fund our independent journalism and original content creation. Um, And we definitely have plans to expand that wing of the business going forward. So Um, In terms of what I'd like to work on beyond that, I really just want to keep doing more of what we're already doing, and that's giving women a voice and allowing them to connect with, you know, the kinds of things that they want to be reading about um, and, and also allowing women to connect with an audience that wants to listen to what they have to say. So as you said, mm. it's, it's great having a story, but unless there are people out there that want to connect with those stories, what's the point? So yeah. um, it's, a, it's a very niche kind of area that we're covering here. It's very sort of women-centric and, and very specific topics that we cover. But I think mm. the kinds of women that are seeking out those stories are the ones that are like really interested in them and really want to connect with them. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I just want to be doing much more of that. Wonderful. I love that. 
Now, for anyone that is listening that um, has thought, oh, I've never heard of She Defined, well, we make it easy for you. Check the show notes. Um, we'll have all the links to She Defined, um, the main website and their social media handles, as well as um, Sharon's uh, LinkedIn, so you can connect with her directly. Um, if you have something interesting you'd like to share with the world, if you are an expert in your field and you are always being, um, you know, stood aside for the men as the experts in your organization or in your field now is the time to be putting your hand up and um, there as Sharon has shared with us there are such a broad range of topics that are being um, discussed and written about for she defined so you know you might have the piece that they haven't written about yet which will be fantastic and there is that business um, women feature as well which is great and my last question for you, which is always my favourite, who, defi- um, who defines you? <laughs> who um, inspires you and why? Um, I really look up to women who are striving to make positive change for women. So mm-hmm. I think I cited Julia Gillard before. She's a huge inspiration for me. And I think the work that she is doing with uh, the Global Institute for Women's Leadership is such a great extension of what she was already doing to drive equality. Um, So she's someone that I really look up to. But I think, you know, um, celebrities and leaders with, you know, big clout are are great to look up to and they're certainly aspirational. But I think the true inspiration lies in the stories about women that we can connect to on a more realistic level. So um, I'm also inspired by the everyday women who are trying their very best to achieve great things, even if the odds are against them. So whether that be the woman who has decided to launch her own business or the woman who is contributing to their community in meaningful ways or the woman who is open and honest about the struggle of juggling it all, um, those are the kinds of stories and the kinds of people um, that we try our best to highlight through She Define, but they're the ones that also really inspire me on a personal level too. Um, mm. I want to know about, you know, what are the real issues that they're facing and how are they working through it? Um, And so, yeah, people like yourself even um, inspire me. And I also feel like connecting with those sort of everyday women who are more realistic to look up to are more inspirational in some ways because they feel accessible and they, yeah. they started somewhere small and maybe grew to a larger scale um, in a way that was doable. And I think that can inspire other everyday women to kind of follow their own path or do something similar. Um, whereas, you know, your celebrities and big leaders can sometimes feel like unattainable, even though they're, they're super inspiring. Um, and don't get me wrong, they all started, yeah. um, like, you know, some have started with a bit of a pathway um, and, you know, that's what privilege is in the sense of we all have different levels of privilege and pathways. But I completely agree with you that um, the element of that celebrity element is um, is very unattainable. Um, there's some amazing women, just everyday women, and that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I encourage, like, if women, other women out there are looking for inspiration, I would say look to your immediate network first. There are probably a handful of women in your close circle of friends, in your in your professional network that could inspire you, have talks with them, discuss some things that they're working through or that they've worked on and how have they gotten there and 
um, when you can have those authentic conversations with people who are accessible to you, you'll probably learn a lot more from them than than a story you kind of hear about, yeah, a celebrity in the media. Um, and so I think, yeah, inspiration is there all around you. You've just got to go and seek it out. Love it. Well, thank you again for being a guest on She Inspires Me. Uh, I think that you will have a whole heap of new subscribers to your um, newsletter and your publication because you are well and truly aligned with why women are tuning in to listen to me interview women every week. Um, There's some fantastic stories there, so thank you again. And to our listeners, um, we will chat to you again next week on the next episode of She Inspires Me. Thank you for joining us today and for being a part of this incredible community. Remember to hit subscribe, to share this episode with your friends and family, and to join us in our next episode to be inspired by more exceptional women.